You are listening to The Heart of Christ, a year-long podcast of Wheatland Presbyterian Church. Throughout 2022, we will spend time reflecting on Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly, so we can come to know not only what Jesus has done, but who he is. What is his deepest heart for his people, people who are weary, stumbling, sinners, and sufferers? So we invite you to grab your Bibles, prepare your hearts, and come along with us as we find rest in the gentle and lowly heart of Christ. Hello, Wheatland family. This is episode eight of our year-long Heart of Christ podcast as we walk through Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly. As you know, on each episode, I normally interview someone from our church to talk about a chapter from the book. And we'll continue that pattern later this month when we reflect on chapters eight and nine, which deal with Jesus as our intercessor and advocate. But for this episode, I'm going to do something a little different. Throughout the book, Dane Ortland has been regularly quoting Thomas Goodwin, John Bunyan, John Owen, and a few other writers. And while some of you may be familiar with John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, which is one of the best-selling novels of all time, I imagine that we don't know much about John Bunyan as a person. So for this episode, I'm going to share a bit of a biography of both Thomas Goodwin and John Bunyan. And hopefully then, as we read some of their quotes throughout the rest of Gentle and Lowly, we can read them with a bit more context and also uh, connect them to the person behind the quote. So let's begin with learning a bit more about Thomas Goodwin. Thomas Goodwin was born in 1600 in Norfolk, Britain. And growing up in Norfolk, which was heavily influenced by Puritanism, Goodwin, along with his family, grew up very religious. But when he went off to college at Cambridge, which was at the age of 13, yes, 13, it was there that Goodwin sought to shed much of his religious commitments. In fact, it was in Cambridge that Goodwin stated his goal was twofold. First, to make merry during those years, basically Uh, Goodwin wanted to have a good time, which of course is just what you want your teenagers saying when they head off to university. But he also had a second goal at Cambridge, and that was to begin his journey of feeding his insatiable desire to receive the applause of others. He even recognized that he could use the church pulpit and preaching as a way to feed this desire. In fact, Goodwin longed to become famous and known as one of the, quote, great wits of the pulpit, outdoing others in what he described as vainglorious eloquence. Which, of course, for someone who loves a good tangent, got me thinking who I would rank in my top three of great wits in the pulpit, but that's for another day. Back in 1620, Goodwin accidentally attended a funeral at the age of 20, and I say accidentally because he was walking past the church with a friend of his, and they were headed to a party, and the bell was tolling for a funeral. 
And so he continued walking past, but his friend convinced him that they should go in and hear the sermon. And Goodwin had no interest in going inside to hear the sermon. But when he saw that a number of well-known scholars that he had heard about were entering the church, he realized it was too awkward to just walk past the church. So Goodwin reluctantly went inside and took a seat. In fact, he was so reluctant to do so that he later remarked, saying, I was never in my life so loath to hear a sermon. As the preacher began, Goodwin realized it was a recycled sermon that this pastor had already used and Goodwin had already heard before. But something in the sermon caught his attention. And after the funeral, rather than continuing with his friend onto their scheduled party, he said he was going to go back to his apartment. And when Goodwin went back to his apartment that day, he began a seven-year process of spiritual investigation that would change the spiritual state and the trajectory of his life. This began seven years of introspection as he sought to understand the true meaning of grace and the implications on our lives. At the end of this struggle, Goodwin came to the conclusion that his only hope for joy and salvation was to look not to himself or to the applause of others or to his making merry, but to Christ alone. And it is in Christ alone he came to believe that we can truly find freedom and joy. Well, shortly after this time, Goodwin began preaching at Holy Trinity Church. And the previous pastor of the church, Richard Sibbs, told him as he began to preach there, he said, young man, if you ever would do good, you must preach the gospel and the free grace of God in Christ Jesus. And to the glory of God, this became the focus of Goodwin's life, his preaching, and then later his writing. One writer describes the tone of Goodwin's preaching as, quote, taking you by the shoulder and walking with you like a brother. And as we've been reading Gentle and Lowly, I hope that we've heard the quotes from Thomas Goodwin as this sort of kind and gracious pointing of our hearts toward Christ. In 1643, Thomas Goodwin was chosen as a member of the Westminster Assembly, which would eventually produce the Westminster Confession of Faith. And upon entrance, Goodwin joined the Independent Party, which was also known as the Dissenting Brethren or the Separatists. This sort of label makes it sound like Goodwin was likely a troublemaker in the assembly and in other gatherings of religious leaders. But although the label dissenting, or as others called them separatist, might imply a quarrelsome nature, Goodwin was actually known for being both definite in his views, but also extraordinarily charitable with those he disagreed with. In a sense, Goodwin was known for living out the call of speaking the truth in love. In fact, Thomas Goodwin garnered widespread respect across the theological spectrum in the church, which was unique in the religious life of the 17th century Europe, known for constant and bitter debate. Well, the last 25 years of Goodwin's life was spent pastoring, writing, and studying in London, and one of his most famous works, The Heart of Christ, shows how Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
though in heaven has the utmost love and tenderness toward his people on earth. And in this book, Goodwin seeks to bring comfort to all who feel that Jesus Christ has no concern for them, or that Jesus Christ has merely abandoned them and run off to heaven. This is the truth that brought comfort to Thomas Goodwin when at 80 years of age he was overtaken by a fever that proved fatal. As Goodwin lay on his deathbed, he recorded these words that encapsulate our union and communion with Christ when he wrote, I am going to the three persons with whom I have had communion. Is Christ divided? No, I have the whole of his righteousness. I am found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness which is of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ cannot love me better than he does. I am swallowed up in God. Now I shall be ever with the Lord. And it's in this quote and in many others that we read in Gentle and Lowly, we find that Goodwin wrote not to get the applause of others, but rather to invite his readers to taste and see that God is good and that God is gracious. Friends, another writer that Dane Ortland quotes throughout his book is John Bunyan. So I'd like us to learn a bit more about the life and character of John Bunyan. Bunyan was born in 1628 near Bedford, England. And as a child, Bunyan had very little formal education, was also quite rebellious. Later, he looked back on his childhood and said that his preferred method of rebellion was his frequent cursing. In fact, at one time, Bunyan wrote, quote, It was my delight to be taken captive by the devil at his will, being filled with all unrighteousness that from a child I had but few equals, both for cursing, swearing, lying, and blaspheming the holy name of God. At the age of 16, both John Bunyan's mother and sister died less than a month apart. His father remarried a month later, and then Bunyan went off and joined the army. He continued his rebellion during the military until he was discharged in 1647. And a year later, in 1648, at the age of 20, Bunyan married a woman whose name still remains unknown. And she had a profound impact on his life. As a faithful follower of Jesus, she brought two books into the marriage that Bunyan began reading. And as he read these books, one was Arthur Dent's The Plain Man's Pathway to Heaven, and the second was Lewis Bailey's The Practice of Piety. As he read these books, he was convicted of his disobedience and his sin. And the more he dwelled on his sin, he became so despondent about his life that Bunyan talked about being jealous of animals because at least they wouldn't be held accountable to God. 
1651, when Bunyan was 23 years old, he was introduced to John Gifford, who's a pastor in Bedford. And God used the influence of Gifford to lead Bunyan to faith in Christ and repentance of his sin. While out on a walk one day, Bunyan had a particular experience of God revealing his righteousness to him. And this is what Bunyan wrote. He said, One day, as I was passing in the field, this sentence fell upon my soul, Your righteousness is in heaven. And I thought with all I saw with the eyes of my soul, Jesus Christ at God's right hand is my righteousness. I also saw, moreover, that it was not my good frame of heart that made my righteousness better, nor yet my bad frame that made my righteousness worse. For my righteousness was Jesus Christ himself, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now did my chains fall off my legs indeed. I was loosed from my afflictions and irons. My temptations also fled away. Now I went home rejoicing for the grace and love of God. I lived for some time very sweetly at peace with God through Christ. Oh, I thought, Christ, Christ. There was nothing but Christ that was before my eyes. Now Christ was all. Well, Bunyan began attending John Gifford's church in Bedford, and he became a deacon, and soon his testimony was spreading throughout the town and the surrounding area. And at the end of 1654, John Gifford died, so Bunyan began preaching at his church and some of the surrounding churches and also started writing. During these years, Bunyan's wife passed away, and in 1660, while preaching nearby, Bunyan was arrested on the charge of preaching without official rights from the king. He was offered his freedom if he promised to stop preaching, but Bunyan refused. If he was freed, Bunyan promised to start preaching again the next day. So he was put in prison where he would stay for 12 years until 1672. But just before being sent to prison, Bunyan married a young woman named Elizabeth, and Elizabeth spent years pleading for his release. And although there were no formal charges or even a legal sentence, Bunyan was kept in prison. And it was the despair of this time that influenced the Pilgrim's Progress characters, Christian and Faithful, who suffered at the hands of the character Giant Despair when he threw pilgrims into a very dark dungeon. But in the midst of this suffering by the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit, Bunyan was productive in prison. Only having access to his Bible and Fox's Book of Martyrs, Bunyan wrote a number of books in prison, including Christian Behavior and The Holy City and Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. And it's in that last book, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, that he wrote these words. He said, The Almighty God, being my help and shield, I am determined yet to suffer. If frail life may continue so long, even till the moss shall grow upon my eyebrows, rather than violate my faith and my principles. In May of 1672, Bunyan was finally released from prison he was then appointed pastor by the congregation in Bedford, but then arrested a few years later, again for preaching without official rights from the king. It was in the second prison stay that Bunyan completed the first part of his famous Pilgrim's Progress. 
1677, through the appeals of John Owen, Bunyan was released again, and over the next 10 years, he continued to pastor and write numerous books. In 1688, at the age of 60 years old, Bunyan was riding to meet with a father and son in hopes of bringing reconciliation to their relationship, and he caught an illness which turned into a fever while he was traveling. And Bunyan never recovered from that infection and fever and died shortly after that trip. In his last days, he said to those who gathered around him, Weep not for me, but for yourselves. I go to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will, no doubt, through the mediation of his blessed Son, receive me, though a sinner, where I hope we long shall meet to sing the new song and remain everlastingly happy, world without end. Then Bunyan, is said, raised his hands to heaven and cried out, Take me, for I come to thee. And John Bunyan died. Today, you can visit the Bunhill Fields Burial Ground in London, England, and see the tombs of Thomas Goodwin, John Bunyan, and their friend John Owen. Three men God has used by his Spirit to draw us and thousands of others closer and closer to the heart of Christ. Thank you for listening to The Heart of Christ, a podcast of Wheatland Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit wheatlandpca.org.